Luqman Hakim, Luqman the wise. What is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala advised him to do? Allah ordered him to be grateful. Allah gave him wisdom. And what was that wisdom? That you must be grateful. Grateful to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For what? For everything. For whatever that happens. Even things that go against our wishes? Yes. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't ever decree anything that is purely evil. Everything that is even hurtful, that may have an evil side to it, that may have something bad about it, even in that, attached to that, is something good. Which is why many times, you know, when there's something difficult that we come across, later on we call it, it was a blessing in disguise. Right? That actually it benefited me. It actually helped me. It actually shaped me. It actually helped me become a better person or so on and so forth. Right? Even though it was very difficult, it was very painful, but even with that pain, with that difficulty was goodness. So this is why, Ushkur lillah. Be grateful to Allah. And Ushkur is a command. Right? That you must be grateful. That no matter what happens, you still have to be grateful. You can never give up hope. You can never think negatively about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ushkur lillah. Hmm? So, I gave you some homework. Did you do it? Alhamdulillah. I'm very grateful that you did it. Thank you very much that you did it. Alhamdulillah. Because you see, Quran is for amal. Isn't it? It is for the purpose of implementation. This is what makes a person intelligent, right? Put knowledge into practice. Because if we don't put it into practice, then what's going to happen? We're going to lose that knowledge. We're going to forget it. Correct? So I'm very grateful that you put it into practice. So would anybody like to share Something from your gratitude exercise, five things that you wrote down that you're grateful for. I know many things can be very private, personal, but if there's something that you think others could benefit from, please go ahead and share. I'm grateful for my struggles in um, middle school because they made me a lot stronger and um, it's, I found it amazing that like they made me stronger because just yesterday someone was asking me, how do you deal with the pressure? school. I was like, I don't deal with the pressure at school. I don't have any desire to partake in whatever goes on, you know? And it's only because of my struggles in middle school that I feel that way. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. You see, the sense of gratitude helps, like we learned earlier, that it helps heal wounds from childhood even. Right? Because then you're not looking at the events that happened, the things that happened in your life in a sad way. You're not pitying yourself. You're grateful that it happened because you're focusing on the benefit that it brought you. Right? Anything else? Somebody would like to share? Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. I wrote, I'm grateful for the ability for the heart to heal, even after being broken a thousand times in a thousand pieces. So alhamdulillah for healing and repair. Alhamdulillah indeed. Imagine if hearts wouldn't heal. Just imagine how miserable we would be, how... You know, difficult lives we would be living. I just wanted to say Alhamdulillah for my mom who always reminds me to say Alhamdulillah because when I'm frustrated and I'm kind of just like complaining to her, when she reminds me to say Alhamdulillah, even if I don't want to, once I say it, I can't continue frustrating, being frustrated and complaining. Alhamdulillah. Okay. 
Somebody else? Yes. Assalamu alaikum. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to pray Fajr today, so I was grateful for being able to wake up and, um, you know, having the chance to repent and make up for the prayer that I missed. Alhamdulillah. Something that happened yesterday that you're grateful for? Yes. When I go home, then my students come at 2 o'clock. So whenever I come, normally I just take a cup of tea and then come here, right? So my husband, he came very late and he texted me. I didn't get the text. So Alhamdulillah, I prayed with the, um, you know, with Jamaat. I prayed Zohar first. I waited for him. Then I prayed with Jamaat. Then I controlled myself. I'm not going to say anything. I'm hungry like anything, right? But it's okay. I was not having any money in my wallet and my friend was gone. So I controlled myself. And when I went home, I was just... I went home, the, I, the one car stopped, then second car, and third. And I just said to my daughter, give me a cup of tea, I'm going downstairs. I just have to change my scarf. Yes. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. See, you focused on something, you know, you picked on something that you could be grateful for. Right? Amongst all the things that were going wrong, you found something to be grateful for. And that was that you got to pray in Jama'ah. Right? And that, Alhamdulillah, helped you have sabr. Right? Because otherwise what happens? You don't have to wait for the person to come. You can just yell at them over the phone. Can't you? Just through a text message, you can really yell at them. You can. And then just let them come in front of you and khalas. So shukr, gratitude really helps you control yourself. It helps you focus your energies on what is really productive. Assalamu alaikum. You know, you never take things seriously till you actually see somebody in a situation. A very close friend of mine who was the most healthy person suddenly developed a disease where every organ of her body was gradually failing. And I would visit her from time to time and she was the most thankful person that I've seen. Like, she can't move her limbs because something is not working properly and still she would say shukur alhamdulillah. And once I saw her not being able to breathe, it was the most difficult thing to watch somebody who's healthy gradually deteriorate. And everybody around her, the whole family gets affected. And you will be so thankful when you see the person struggle. And she couldn't drink water by itself. She was thirsty, but if she drinks water, it would go into her lungs. So she had to add something to it to make it thick and then drink it. Imagine if you are not able to drink water. I mean, I would see her every time with each difficulty. She was so grateful. And then I would take a lesson from that and say, you know, I took all these things for granted that I can drink water, that I can breathe. Alhamdulillah, that today I can do it with ease. And I wasn't even grateful for it till I actually saw this lady. So when we have these things, we don't realize it till we see somebody losing it and going through these struggles. I'm grateful for my friends. If I didn't have my friends, I wouldn't have anybody to play with. Yes. That is true. You know, we think of money as a blessing and health as a blessing. And there are indeed blessings, but friends, aren't they a blessing? Really? We have many complaints about our friends sometimes. She didn't call me back. Right? She doesn't really remember me unless she needs me. Right? I care about her so much and she doesn't care about me. We do have complaints, but 
the very fact that we actually have friends, that is a huge blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anyway, أُشْكُرْ لِلَّهِ Be grateful to Allah. Now from the following verses we will see the advice that Luqman the wise gave to his son. But notice before the father's advice is mentioned, what is mentioned first? The instruction that is given to the father. Right? Because many times we find that, you know, for example, in the Quran, it's mentioned repeatedly to be good towards your parents. I remember I was giving a halaqa somewhere once and this one girl asked me that what are the parents' duties towards their children? You know, we talk a lot about what the children are supposed to do with their parents. What are the parents supposed to do with the children? What are their duties? What are their obligations? Alright? And this is really something that we do think about. We do wonder, and this is something for all mothers and mothers-to-be, inshallah, that don't just look at your children as people who are under you and those whom you're supposed to order around. You're supposed to instruct and order around. We as human beings, as parents, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us certain orders. So what is the command that was given to Luqman as a father? What is it that he's told? Ushkur lillah. And really, if parents, if this is what we focus on, gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the very fact that we have children, and then find a reason to be grateful for having the children that you have, with their problems and with their bad habits and with their, you know, things that annoy you, whatever it may be. But still be grateful to Allah for even the faults that exist in your children. Because many times those faults, what do they show to us? The faults that exist in us. Many times it happens that parents, they find it difficult to, you know, deal with their children because the entire focus is on what? On the negatives. Right? The entire focus is on the negatives. She's not praying on time. She's not wearing hijab the way I want her to. She's not studying this. She's not willing to get married. She's not doing this. She doesn't behave. She doesn't do this. Fine. The faults are there. But just think about it. The positives are also there. There will definitely be things that you can be grateful for. You know, recently this one lady, she came to me and as usual, many times when mothers come to me, they complain to me about their daughters and like, you know, in your weekend class, tell the girls about this. I'm like, leave the girls alone. You know what? They're studying. You need to study also. Seriously, give them a break. Don't say anything to them. Anyway, so this particular individual, she came to me and she's going on and on about her daughter. I'm like, do you realize how lucky you are that you have a daughter who actually wears the hijab? You're complaining that she doesn't do this and this and this. Imagine if your daughter refused to wear the hijab. Why do you take her hijab for granted? Why do you take her salah for granted? Don't do that. Appreciate that. And many times this is what we want as human beings. That the way we are, we are accepted. Right? I'm not saying that we are perfect. But at least the good we have, acknowledge it. I know that majority of the people sitting here are younger girls, but the mothers here, inshallah, they can benefit, and inshallah, mothers-to-be. This is a very important command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to Luqman. And this is for all parents. All parents. Ushkur lillah. Be grateful to Allah for the very fact that you have children. And for the children that you have, with the faults that they have. Doesn't mean that they don't need to improve. They need to improve. But be grateful. And gratitude will change so many things.
You know, when you show gratitude to somebody, for instance, doesn't it build trust and friendship? Doesn't it? And that is key to good relationships. If constantly at home people are complaining about each other, then what's going to happen? Nobody's happy. Nobody's relaxed. But if we start thanking each other for little, little things even, not take it for granted, that makes the atmosphere very happy within the household. Very true. Gratitude brings the best out of people and criticism brings the worst out of them. This is very true. Yesterday it happened with me. I actually had to go somewhere. And my daughter, at the last moment, she's like, I want to come with you. And she was so happy. It was way past her bedtime, but she wanted to come with me. I'm like, sure, inshallah, let's go. So I took her along with me. And I'm giving the halaqa. She's sitting very nicely and she realizes that mama has the iPad. Right? And she wanted it. So I'm like, okay, take it. But then she wanted to play Zaki. You know the video? Zaki? And on full volume. While the halaqa is going on. Anyway, finally, you know, we survived the evening. I got home and when I got home I was a little upset because, you know, I felt like I couldn't really relax over there. But instead of getting upset with her, I said, I'm very, very grateful that you came with me. And I'm so thankful that even though it was way past your bedtime, but you came with me, you had your dinner, you sat with me, and I'm not alone at night time. You're with me in the car. Thank you very much. So on and so forth. I was talking about all these positive things, you know, even though in my heart I was, you know, I forced myself to be grateful, right? Emote and extend, right? So an exercise. That's what I was doing basically. I get home and my husband asked my daughter, so how was it? And she goes, two thumbs up. You know, and I'm like, yes, two thumbs up. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. But I was thinking that if I had, you know, been yelling at her, if I had gotten upset with her, then what would that do? What would that do? It would make her upset and she wouldn't want to come with me again. Right? And on top of that, she wouldn't like the idea that mama has to go for, you know, a lecture here, a lecture there. She wouldn't like it. And what made it easier for me to accept it was to remind myself that she's only a child. Right? You know, hikmah, what is hikmah? Hikmah is to be able to transform knowledge into action. And children lack that. You know, if I asked her about the rules, what are the rules that we discussed? She can list them all. No talking, no interrupting, no running, no this, no that. I mean, she can repeat the rules. Ilm is there. Right? But this is the difference between an adult and a child. Hikmah is missing. Right? So gratitude really, it brings about the best in people and criticism will bring about the worst of them. So we need to focus on the positive to grow that positive. What we appreciate, appreciates. Remember? لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ It will increase, it will grow. And if we focus on the negatives, then it's the negatives that will increase. Doesn't it happen that somebody shows to you that they don't really trust you and you're like, I'll show you then. You don't trust me? I'll show, I'll prove it to you that I'm not worthy of trust. Doesn't it happen? That if somebody doesn't, you know, think positively about you, then you're like, fine. I'll show you. So this is something that's very normal within us human beings. Whatever we focus on, that is what we increase in. So now the advice of the father to the son. وَإِذْ قَالَ And when he said, 
Who? Luqmanu Luqman. And when Luqman said, Libnihi to his son, Wahua, while he, Ya'iduhu, he was instructing him, he was advising him. Luqman said to his son, while he was teaching his son, while he was advising his son. Notice the word Ya'iduhu, it's from Wa'ud. And Wa'ud is different from Ta'aleem. Ta'aleem is to give ilm, right? To teach, to educate. This is this, this is that, so on and so forth. Right? But wa'al is to advise in such a way that it actually affects the heart of the listener. It softens their heart. It moves their heart. It actually clicks with them. You know, it touches them. They understand it. They absorb it. So Luqman, while he was talking to his son, he wasn't just telling him in a dry way, in a very, you know, boring way, you know, we're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do this. No, he was talking to him in a very effective way. In a way that his son understood. In a way that his son, you know, he absorbed what the father was telling him. So, وَهُوَ يَعِلُهُ And here we really need to think about how is it that we talk to people? Is it just that we're focused on delivering the message, you know, delivering the content that this is X, this is Y, this is Z, end of it? Or is it that we want to make sure that the other person understands and grasps? What is it that he said? What was the advice? Ya bunayya. These were the words of Luqman. Ya bunayya. La tushrik billah. Oh my dear son, do not associate partners with Allah. Ya bunayya. Ya bunayya, bunayya, what does it mean? Bunayya is actually ibni. You know, ya bunayya actually means ya ibni, oh my son. Ibni, ibn, son, and ya at the end is for me. But notice how it's not ibni, what is it? Bunayya. Huh? Bunayya, this is basically the affectionate diminutive of ya ibni. It's ism tasghir. Tasghir is to make something small. Alright? So when you make a word small, okay, why out of affection? Out of affection. And it doesn't mean that it's small in the sense that it's small, you know, the word becomes small, but you make it cuter, you could say. Okay? Like for example, a little girl has a blanket. She won't call it blanket, she'll say blanky. You understand? Why blanky and not blanket? Why blanky? Why? Huh? Okay, not just mine, but it's like, you know, like for example, doll. Doll. My dolly. You understand? Girl. Girly. Kid. Kitty. Right? Why is it that we change words like this? It's out of affection. It's out of love. So, ya ibni, not ya ibni, he says ya, Bunayya. Oh my dear child. Oh my little son. Oh my beloved son. You know, this style itself is so affectionate, so loving. Right? Now what we generally do is that when we call people, for example, our younger brothers and sisters or our own children, many times we'll use names that they're actually offended with. That they don't like. Right? It's not done out of love. It's done out of you know, the intention to tease. But over here, Luqman is 
addressing his son in a very loving, in a very affectionate way. Because this is so true that if someone talks to you in a loving way, automatically you are pulled towards them. If somebody addresses you in a very affectionate way, automatically you pay attention to them. You want to listen. You're drawn towards them. You know, love is something that attracts. It really pulls. Really pulls. You know, why is it that, for example, if there's a child, you cannot help but look at the baby? Seriously. There's so many people in a room, but why is it that your eyes are fixed on the baby? Right? And then why is it that you can't help but go and you know, say something to the baby. Love attracts. So when you genuinely love someone, you express that love verbally also, it will definitely pull them towards you. This is one of the best ways of advising someone. So, Ya Bunayya, Oh my dear son, this is wisdom, right? This is hikmah. Ya Bunayya, La tushrik billah. The first lesson, this wise Man, this wise father gives his son is, do not do shirk with Allah. He doesn't say, I'm your father, you're the child. I'm the boss. You listen to me. Whatever I tell you. No, he's not establishing his superiority over his child. What is he doing? He's teaching his child, Allah is your Lord. And you worship him. And you worship only him. لا تشرك بالله He is teaching his son the most essential knowledge. This is the most essential ilm of Tawheed. Knowing that Allah is one. لا تشرك بالله And لا تشرك meaning do not associate anything. What is shirk? Shirk is basically to give what is exclusively Allah's right to who? To somebody else. And all parents must teach their children about this. لا تشرك بالله And then he gives him the reason. إن الشرك Indeed, shirk. لظلم عظيم It is surely an injustice that is عظيم, that is great. It's a crime, it's an offense, it's injustice, that is great. How is it injustice? Because ظلم is to not give someone what they deserve. Right? To put something in its improper place. This is what zulm is. Naqs. Wad'u shay'i fi ghayri mahallihi. There are so many definitions of zulm, right? So, shirk is to give Allah's right to somebody else. That is unfairness. That is putting something where it doesn't belong. Zulm is that you diminish someone's right. Allah's right is that He alone is worshipped. When someone else is worshipped, Besides Allah, that is reducing the right of Allah. So, inna shirka lazulmun azim. It's the greatest sin. It's a great sin. Now, what do we see over here? First of all, we see that Luqman is teaching his son aqidah. Right? He's teaching his son deen. The fact that he's teaching his son, what does it show? That we must teach our children because our children are an investment. They are an amana. We are responsible over them. Some of you might think that, oh, I don't have children, so it's irrelevant to me. No, think from now. Because I'm sure you think about how you're going to dress your daughter when she's born. Right? I'm sure you think about how you're going to make her hair. I'm sure you think about what you're going to name your child. You know, even though you're not married. These are normal thoughts that we have. Right? So, 
these are things that we must keep in mind also that I am going to teach my children about Tawheed. I'm going to teach my children about Allah. I'm going to warn them against shirk. And think about creative ways of teaching them what shirk is, what Tawheed is. So teaching our children. Secondly, we see teaching Aqeedah first. First lesson must be of Tawheed. First lesson must be of Tawheed. And this is something that should begin at a very early stage. You know, for example, there's so many ways. You know, little babies even, five month old, six month old, you ask them, Allah is one. They point their finger one. I remember my son was only about, I think eight months or so. And my father, he taught him, Ain Allah, where is Allah? And he would, you know, put his hand up like this. Up, up. You know, Man Rabbuka. Rabbi Allah. Right? Rabbi Allah. So these lessons of Tawheed, you might think they don't even fully understand them. But still, do they understand ABCs? Seriously? Do they understand Mary had a little lamb? They don't. But just because they say it over and over and over again, it just stays in their brains. And this is what you want to do. Put Tawheed in their heads. Just stick it in. And for that you have to start very early. Many times we excuse ourselves saying that, oh, it's a little child. He's not going to understand anything. Just wait until, you know, they go to school. They go to Islamic school. They go to the weekend school. You know, weekend school. They'll go and they'll learn everything. But it might be too late. The other day my sister was sad, so I was trying to distract her. So I started acting like everything I was stepping on had feeling. This bed, like, let me not sit on it because it has feelings, right? It's going to cry and this and that. It's probably hurting, right? And then I was like, okay, let me get on something else. So then I jumped onto the mat. And then I was like, oh, this mat probably has feelings too. And be sad and start crying. And then I stepped onto the floor and I said the same thing. And I was like... Hey, wait a second. This floor is so strong. It holds everything. I think this floor created everything. Right? <laughs> and then she was like, what are you talking about, Apple? This is so bad. You know? And then I was like, this is what some people do. You know, like they say that they create something and then they say that this created everything. Yeah. And then she really understood it, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So in any way that you can teach about shirk, that they should understand shirk, this is something that is our obligation. Another thing we see over here is that he's teaching his son about tawheed and shirk. But he's teaching how? Lovingly. Alright? And this is something that we need to remember. That address children with love, regardless of their age and regardless of what you're talking about regardless of what you're talking about, whatever the topic is. Talk lovingly. Then another important thing we see over here is that he doesn't just say, لا تشرك بالله. He gives him the reason. He gives him the reason that do not do shirk because shirk is the greatest sin. And then of course that leads to a whole discussion and question and answers. Discuss it. But give the reason. Don't just say, because I said so. Now over here, there's a lesson for us also, which is that we must never do shirk with Allah, ever, at any cost. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, do not associate anything with Allah, even if you are cut to pieces or burned. Do not associate anything with Allah at any cost. In a hadith we learn, anyone who dies worshipping others along with Allah will definitely enter the fire. This is why لا تشرك بالله 
Shirk is described as zulm, injustice. The thing is that every sin is injustice. How? When a person is committing a sin, either he's committing injustice against himself, or he's committing injustice against someone else, or he's committing injustice against both, himself and somebody else, both combined. So shirk is the greatest sin. How? That a person is committing injustice against himself. He's the servant of who? Allah alone. And he's making himself the servant of somebody else. This is unfairness. We weren't supposed to worship others. We were supposed to worship only Allah. And when we worship somebody other than Allah, we are harming ourselves. Who has given us the authority to do that? We're going beyond our limits. How else is it an injustice? Because it's injustice against Allah. It's injustice against other people also. That if they follow us, if they do what we're doing, then what's going to happen? They're in error. They will suffer. So shirk is really the greatest sin. In Surah Al-An'am, ayah 88, Allah mentions so many prophets and then He says, وَلَوْ أَشْرَكُوا لَحَبِطَ عَنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ If they did shirk, whatever they did would have gone waste. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِظُهُ يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ